Good evening and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. Andrew, Adam, welcome back once again. And it's happened, we called it a while ago, but uh, Brandon Staley, head coach of the LA Chargers, very nearly said San Diego Chargers then, but that would have been so 2014 of me. Um, Brandon Staley and uh, also the uh, GM as well, who the name is escaping me right now, have both been fired from the LA Chargers. Someone's going to fill me on the name. Tom Telesco. Tom Telesco. They are goodbye, LA. They are out of there, both of them. Uh, Andrew, we called it some while back. We said he was on the hot seat. We said it was something that had to happen for Justin Herbert and that team. Um, uh, yeah, no surprises here at all. No, I said to Adam before we did uh, the draft prospect show the other day that it's a year and 15 weeks too late, this uh, firing for me. <laughs> uh, I think um, they shouldn't have brought him back. And it's the right decision. And uh, as I've always said, when you're in Los Angeles and you've got uh, the Rams, the Lakers, the Dodgers, uh, USC, UCLA, you, you need to be viable in that in that state. So they need to get more fans in. They need to win more games. They need to just do things a lot better and starting with the GM and the head coach. So great decision for them. Really, really hope that um, they get together and make the right decision on bringing the right personnel in and don't be stingy like they have been in the past and go for the cheaper option and spend a bit of money and get it right. I mean, 63 to 21 against the Las Vegas Raiders, Adam. I mean, they were down to 42 points at half time. <sighs> yeah, it's been, it's been tough viewing, hasn't it? Especially when you've got someone who... I mean, a lot of people, one being Gareth, our editor for this podcast, who doesn't rate just uh, Justin Herbert. However, a lot of us on this podcast do rate him. It's been it's been tough viewing this team this year because we put every us included as a podcast and many other people put so much stock into their team every year, and it's just been so disappointing. Yeah, I think if you can uh, end up forty two nil down against a team like the Raiders at half time, it's over, isn't it? Really, that's the end. Um, so yeah, I mean, what. What more can you say about it? They've uh, they've made the right decision, and it's been it's been tough for them this year, and it it hasn't stopped with them going because obviously Herbert getting injured as well. So it's like their whole season's done, and um, it's just a bit of a shame because there was a lot of optimism there, as there is every year with the Chargers, but it's uh, it's just not happened this year again. <laughs> not happening again. Sorry, I, uh, I, I clearly my mum doesn't watch the podcast, though she'd know. But we are currently in a podcast rather than giving me a phone call, bless us. So, Mum, I will call you after the podcast and after dinner. Don't worry. We can talk all Christmas and we'll arrange everything in a moment. Don't worry. Um, Andrew, you've said it before. One of the highest paid, if not the highest paid defence for the Chargers as well. Um, and to be just embarrassed. Like I mean, we've seen this already this year with the Broncos and the Dolphins. And the Broncos could have easily... We said that was like an anomaly result. That them sort of things are... are you know, you can't judge a team by that game. Um, can you judge this team by this game? I mean, we're further on in the season now. I mean, you can judge them over the course of the season, but yeah, when when you're a defensive coordinator uh, as the head coach and uh, you're the high, like I say, the the highest paid defense in the league, and it gives up that many points, you've got to question what am I paying you to do? Um, because there's a lot of teams within the NFL. I mean, we can get into this debate a little bit later if you want of uh, the choices of head coaches that people need to make and how football has moved 
so far forward that offensive coordinators make a difference uh, and defensive coordinators are just they're, they're like dinosaurs now aren't they um but at least you can say when you look at your team fred and you look at tomlin the offense isn't popping but at least the defense is really really good and that's something the chargers can't say can they so when you're a defensive coordinator as a head coach and your defense is that bad giving up that many points it's it's uh it's embarrassing, really. Dude, I'd love some popping. It's just light simmer. That's all it is. It's like when you like sort of boil in the water a little bit. That's about it. There's no steam. It's just a little bit of a bubble of water, like a hot tub, but like when you just turn the hot tub on, that sort of thing. That's what it's like. But we've got big big man, man like Mason Rudolph in this week. So, you know, fortunes could change against Cincinnati and their backup quarterback, which we will be talking about stuff like that in a, in a moment. But um, yeah, so we, we, we've talked a lot about Brante in the situation with the LA for, for a, a few episodes. We'll move swiftly on from that happened over the weekend. Obviously, we're, sorry, we didn't come on Tuesday night. We had things going on, me being hung over one of them um, as you do in, in the Christmas period. But yeah, it's, Fred, you can't say hung over in December. It's just getting a little bit Christmassy. It's just getting a bit Christmassy. Feeling festive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was feeling festive, and Adam is tonight as well because he's got his uh his Christmas jumper on. Me and Andrew, Andrew's in the wash. Mine has disappeared off the face of the earth. But you got your Green Bay Christmas jumper. Are you feeling festive, Adam? Is it starting? Are you or are you a bit bar humbug? I've been bar humbug most of my life. I'm not going to stop now. Uh, that's that's the way forward with Christmas. Mm -hmm. It is bar humbug all the way. It's a, just an exterior because he said, "Can we do a Christmas jumper show?" It was his idea. Yeah, it was his idea. I was I was being I thought it'd be nice. I thought the viewers might like to see it. But mm. you know, you failed me miserably, as always. So you know. Bar humbug indeed. Right, we'll move on to another topic that we're talking about this evening. And it is there's been rumors swirling around for a lot of the season. Obviously, uh Travis Kelsey, who's gonna be a Hall of Famer tight end, obviously he was talked about heavily. The other weekend with the blown call and but he would have a a, a, a career defining highlight erased from his hall of fame uh like video i suppose or even though i did some, hear someone saying like, why don't you just still play the play it don't matter if it, did, it didn't actually amount to anything it's still quite an impressive feat of play um but there's been rumors circulating that maybe this is going to be his last season and uh, that he's going to retire and we've seen a lot of transformational uh, tight ends in the last few years, like like so Rob Gronkowski, um, retire. And and this draft in particular, we saw a big transition into uh, in the tight end position of, of more tight ends coming in. And we've seen it over the last few years, but I'd say this draft just gone past in April was the most amount of tight ends that, that went a bit higher and that were definitely talked about. So we're going to talk about the, you know this transition of the tight end position and and the, and the talent that is, is coming out and the young talent that there is around the league. Um, so, so Andrew, to begin with, you, you were obviously the big college guy, big draft guy. Is is are we going to see this more with the tight end position? Do you think from the, the the college to to the NFL? Because it just seems like that talent pool is growing and growing and growing, and, and but actually, it's not the later rounds you get them anymore. You have to sort of grab them early because teams are, are are hot off the press with trying to get them. Yeah, I think with college, especially a lot of these guys that don't make it a wide receiver, that might be a bigger guy, they transition to the tight end position early in their college career. And uh, they're not really asked to block a hell of a lot in college. Mm -hmm. So they are a lot more talented when it comes to being wide receiver threats. And I think when we uh, evaluate um, teams uh, and you can think about getting the likes of uh, 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 Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson, 
Andrews. If you can get one of these types of guys and you can get them early in the draft, you can lock them in for five years. And then after that, they're only costing you at maximum what your highest paid tight ends are like around 15, 16 million a year. Whereas your highest paid wide receivers are like 30 million a year. So half the price, you could have a key impact, massive playmaker on your team like Adam was going to bring up. I know he's going to bring him up like Sam Laporta. I mean, Dan Campbell um, was mocked about the, the choices that he made in the draft of going running back, tight end, linebacker. But there are three positions within the league that are very low paid. And if you can get them right, you know, hats off, big clap. Sam Laporte is going to be, you know, what he's done this year isn't um, isn't a fluke. It, it's it's uh, it's it's well thought out, well picked, well selected. And that guy, as we'll probably get on to next generation, this key position, Brock Bowers coming into the draft. Adam mentioned in one of our group chats. It's not stupid to think of Brock Bowers as a number two pick in the draft. We saw a stupid mock draft, but it's not stupid. If you can get that position right and you can lock in a key weapon for that long at that cheap, it, it's the way forward. Do you think also, Adam, that um, we've said this about a lot of the positions in the, the draft, it, it, sorry, in the NFL and with college players coming into the draft and going into the NFL now, probably better prepared and more likely to succeed more than ever does that mean that the, the development of the guys that we've seen so far that have come out this year and in years gone by and, ha and how good they are already it doesn't surprise you that some of these guys are are, are impacting the team so much no not really i mean it it does feel very much that the college game is coming into the nfl more and more it, it feels like that is what's happening that's the way it's mm -hmm. going I, I think we'll probably talk about it when we talk about quarterbacks later on as well it's like it does feel like that mm -hmm. is kind of happening that's a, a common occurrence now in the last sort of five years to be honest um when it comes to the tight end position yeah i mean we've got there's there's so much that's that's mm -hmm. come through and kind of a position that's felt a little bit of a of a dead position in the last few years like you say it was very much gronk and kelsey gronk's gone obviously kelsey looks like he could be on his way at the end of this season maybe he'll play one more who knows but he's not going to go on forever and he, he does it to me it feels like he's lost a step this year it, it does feel like he's done that um so yeah i think you're you're starting to see that like you say, there's there is less blocking from the college from the ones in college at the time, but mm -hmm. it, it's clear to see that they are kind of they're, they're sort of changing as well. They're 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 big, but they're athletic, and that's something that you didn't get like 10, 15 years ago. So I think that's the the biggest change. They don't have to block. They can be they can be like hyper wide receivers if you like, <laughs> just sort of without the speed, but even. Even then, they're still pretty quick. So, yeah, it's it's definitely starting to eke in from from the college game, I think. The only thing I would uh, say is that uh, I see Carl Pitts tight end at the Atlanta Falcons was drafted quite high, Andrew. And we've not re I don't I don't think he's really lived up to the hype that he had at Florida um, where he came out of Florida Gators. Um, do you think that's just situational with him or do you think that? And, and also, is it set a precedent where when they do get that much hype, the team still won't be picking tight ends in that top 15 to 10, well, top 10 bracket, really? Are they still, because this year we had five 
five tight ends were picked in the second round, which I don't know if that's a record or not, but I assume it's not a record. It doesn't say that here. Um, but it, it's it's obviously a large amount of players from an individual position in the second round. Do you think that maybe still hint, still, still in the back of the mind, teams won't overly commit to it in, in, a, in a high pick? I think the sensible ones will. Um, I think Carl Pitts is still a phenomenal talent. Uh, I think he's underutilised. Um, I think it's just situational, like you say. He's landed in a team that hasn't, for me, hasn't got a quarterback. Um, I think Desmond Ridden's, Ridder is, is, is useless. Uh, and it's just a shame that Kyle Pitts has fell uh, being partnered with him. And I think if they get someone in that can throw the ball, then he will elevate and be better. But I think when you look at some of the other names that have come in over the last two years, me and Adam did a whole show uh, at the back end of last year about the amount of number of Titans that were impressive last year. Uh, and then again, this year, we've seen it again. Uh, we even saw Adam's uh, Green Bay Packers go uh, go in double uh, for the tight end position. And both of them have been a massive impact uh, in their organization and their franchise. And um, are just going to grow that offense with, with so young. But like I said, there is it's a no-brainer to take them early. I'd go earlier. Th- I think they should start valuing it more than second round. I mean, second round is, is great value. But like I said, to lock a guy in, if, if, if I said to you, Fred, do you want a wide receiver for 30 million or do you want Travis Kelsey for 15? Mm. What what do you want? What what do you want in your team? The, the Chiefs have made how many years successful with him being the main threat bar Tyreek Hill, who's not there, and then they proved they could still do it. Um, so do you want a tight end for 15 million at the top end or a wide receiver at, th- at 30 million when you've got to pay your quarterback, you've got to pay your left tackle, you've got to pay your edge rusher? What do you mm. want if you are a GM, Fred? Do you want this super skilled tight end or do you want to go high on this uh, wide receiver? I, I, I think you're right about the tight end. I think they just bring so much. I mean, the, the blocking thing is what something I'd, I'd probably put more importance on than maybe some people. Um, I, I, for example, with the Steelers having Pat Fryman, I know I rate Pat Fryman very highly, and there's other people that don't see him as high as I do. But I think he does do everything really well. I think he does block really well. He does pass, pass catch really well. And also, he plays the safety valve well. And the more rookie quarterbacks we see coming in this league, we say it all the time, every rookie needs sort of, their go-to person and what better than someone like a big bodied tight end and and it works for so many teams and it, and it's right for so many teams and um and it and it's it's clearly working i mean we've seen these some of these tight ends come out now dalton kincaid big example he was a first round pick but dawson knox last three years has been incredible for buffalo he's been really really done really really well and on the cheap as well and then they've drafted another you know drafted a tight end to take over from him and dawson knox we've not really Heard much from this 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 year so far. I know King Kay, King having a very good year, but maybe not as elevated a year because the team has struggled in certain elements and they didn't really get the offense going. But yeah, I, I think you make it um, a, a really reasonable argument that the tight end position you should probably focus on more rather than paying that excess money to a high end wide receiver. And and again to the point, if the college guys are so ready coming into the game now. You, there is more wide receivers than there are tight ends coming out of college. So you can be a bit more selective and picky, I suppose. Um, Adam, uh, many tight ends, like I said, came out in this draft. You didn't have to be from this draft just gone. It can be ones that have, 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 have come out recently in the last few years. What what tight end have you been impressed most for has, has gone in from the college game into the NFL and you think that will maybe make the most impact in years to come? 
I think it is difficult to get away from Laporta and what he's done this season. Uh, but if you want to get away from him and go for someone a little bit different, I think Trey McBride over at the Cardinals. I, I think you've got a, a monster of a guy there who I know he's kind of been the only sort of weapon really in the last few weeks, but you're seeing he didn't play much in the first year he developed and now in this second year you know he's done really well he's he's not really got loads of touchdowns he's only got a couple this year but he's he's got a lot of targets and a lot of receptions and he's shown at the back end of this year that he's going to be someone who can develop with Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. if they decide to keep going down that route I don't mean to interrupt you but Kyler's been using him as his safety valve yeah 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 absolutely out of trouble and he yeah, has been made that under Kyler as well. Yeah, and I, I think that you're you're probably going to see that that will continue to to a certain extent going into next year as well. And although uh, it kind of makes sense based on where they are, that there's a very strong chance they're going to go for Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, it, it doesn't really matter because you're still going to have McBride there, and and it's just another weapon and where everyone's going to go to Harrison. So therefore McBride can be open or the vice versa sort of thing. So it, it works on both sides. Yeah. He's, he's looked very impressive this season. Uh, I would be very surprised if he dropped off now. He, he just looks mm-hmm. like he's going to be one of them tight ends. That's as the old guard is starting to go and the new, the new ones are coming in. It feels like he's going to be one of the very top, of the new lot. So, yeah, he, he looked pretty good this year. I, I mean, he's had a little bit of tutelage under Zach Ertz, hasn't he, as well? Because yeah. Zach Ertz was yeah. briefly in Arizona. I'm sure he learned a lot. And I, and I, I always get the impression on interviews, anyway, if Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz is a player that would teach you. He's not uh, keeping yeah. to have, he, he's a guy that would teach you things. I think he's really come, it's, he's really done well. And um, he certainly has been exciting. And uh, I'm sure for fantasy owners and dynasty and stuff like that, stashing him away has been, it's been nice because I'm sure at times they were thinking, oh, well, it's not really much of anything. And now he's, he's coming up and we're seeing that he can be a real threat there for Arizona. And like you said, I think it does help him that there's not really any other weapons. It does help him, but he's sort of rising. So obviously you've got Marquise Brown there, Michael Wilson, not much really else there to, to other than, you know, him, him being that big body guy for Kyler. Um, what about you, Andrew? Well, on the flip side, what, who who have you been really? It's, been, been, a, it's been a bit of a shame for me this year because I was really looking forward to um, three guys mainly. It was uh, Greg Dulcich, uh, Jelani Woods, and mm. uh, Chigga Kwonka. I was really, really looking forward mm. to seeing the development of those two, three. Uh, two of them have been on IR all year, and 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 Chigga Kwonka has not been relevant until Levis sort of came in, and he's kind of last three or four weeks been a bit more relevant, uh, but. When we look at a couple of the older guys, I agree with you, Fred. I love Pat Frymuth. I think he is uh, leading the youngsters bar Sam Laporta of, of, of being up there. And Cole Komet as well. I think he was the star mm. of this transition. He was one of the first ones to kind of come on the scene and go, do you know what? This is the new style of tight end that could come out of college. Um, so, yeah, just think um, those, I'm really looking forward to seeing what um, Dulcich and, and, and Woods can do. Uh, when they're back to full fitness and hopefully we can see some of those 2022 draft ease fit and healthy again because um, it is an exciting position I think it is one to watch as well 
Well, we'll, st- we'll we'll talk a little bit about Travis Kelsey in a minute, but what tight ends do we need to look out for coming into the draft next year? I mean, both of well, you have got really great college college knowledge, so uh, yeah, you can as, as we've previously, each other. previously said, um, Brock Bowers is uh, I think he's he's probably a, a, a blue chip player. Um, he's going to go very very early, as we've just said uh, across the whole show. If you can get a guy like him, he's going to uh, um, improve your team push it forward and, and, and could be a generational talent at that position going forward. Um, I really like Cade Stover being an Ohio fan and seeing a lot of him. I think he's been a fantastic receiver over the last couple of years for them. This year, I think with Brock Bowers getting injured, for me, Cade Stover has been the best tight end for college this year. Uh, you know, he's a six foot four and 251 pounds. Who doesn't want that guy? He's a great receiver. Mm. Um, there's a couple of other guys. I don't know whether I should leave some to Adam. I know Adam's probably a Jaheim Bell guy. I know that uh, he's very, very talked about. Uh, and Jatavion Sanders as well uh, is another big name coming out. But let's see see what Adam's got in his locker and who he really likes, because I'm Cade Stover all the way. I wouldn't, co- I wouldn't come to me because I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, me. The, only, the only one that I've really seen anything of is Bowers, obviously, because of how good he's been at college. So, I mean, he, he does come across as though he is it. Like, you know, he, he's the guy who's going to be, if there's going to be a first round guy, it's going to be him. The rest of them aren't going to be near the first round. Uh, so, yeah, that that seems like that the, the main one. So if you can get him and your team, then that's that's going to be great for that team. But, uh, yeah, as for the rest, I haven't really looked at them yet. So There's a guy, just before we cut, if we're going away from college, there's a guy I really like, Spam Ford at Minnesota. He's six seven and 270 pounds. He's an absolute unit. Um, I think he's going to be spam. Like the ham. No, as in span. S P A double N. Oh, span. Okay, yeah, like yeah, wing yeah. span. I thought you said yeah. spam as in no. the meat, like the team no. meat. Um, and yeah. I think if he goes to the combine and shows up quite athletic, I think there might be some buzz about this guy because he's an absolute unit and has, has mm. had a decent year at uh, Minnesota. So uh, it could be interesting to see what he produces. Mm. So, so just for people that don't know, uh, if they are looking and want to have a look at these players because their teams might be interested in what what schools are they at. So, Brock Bowers is Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what about the other two gentlemen that you said? So, we've got uh, Jaheim Bell at Florida State, um, Kate Stover at Ohio, and uh, Jatavion Sanders at Texas. So, uh, a lot of big schools, a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still see a couple of them in, in the playoffs in college if you're interested and want to tune in. So, Balls are still on as well. So I think all of them will uh, be playing over the next uh, week or so. Um, so you, you, you've still got a chance to see them at their college. Oh, that's good. Well, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. It's always interesting. And I, and I have seen a few mock drafts having Brock Bowers in top five, top ten position. So if he could easily go that high. I mean, it, obviously, all these players are going to get a lot more buzz and hype and drive around them post-Super Bowl. And that's going to be – and also as well, we've got free agency. There may be some movement in there as well. So it, it's certainly going to be really interesting. Um, just lastly, uh, Travis Kelsey, Hall of Famer, surely. Greatest tight end of all time? No? no Arguable. I, he's, I mean, he's settled the record. Yeah. He's, set, mm. he's set a lot of season records year on year and beat his own records. I think he's in the conversation. I think it's just the, the rings, isn't it? Uh, you can't get away from Rob Gronkowski's rings, can you? Um, I don't, I don't think he's weird. beat his touchdown record either. No, no, no. Uh, it's it's really hard to go back. You're looking at Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, mm-hmm. measuring up against those guys. Uh, Kellen Jason Winslow, Witten. Maybe. 
Um, but he's, he's definitely been impactful for the game. He's definitely been generational to, 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 to... We're now doing a show where we're talking about tight ends because of him, I think. I think we're, we're, yeah. we're talking about how good that role is and how much your organisation can benefit because of him. So I think for that, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, he's got. He's more interested in Taylor Swift marrying and having kids and settling down, isn't he? To be fair, he's he's been. I mean, his bro, him and his brother's podcast is smashing loads of records. They're always number one. They're doing really well now. It's really fun. They obviously have the connections in NFL to get really great guests as well. And I know obviously Jason did the big documentary that he was then going to retire. Didn't retire. Obviously released the documentary. So it could be. A, I've got a feeling if they're going to do it, they'd ride out into the sun together. I think it's sort of got to that. They would have, I think, at the end of my words, the only thing that I think would have been a bit more poetic is if they did it last year, you know, against each other in the final, both announced retirement together, you know, to, like next to each other on the podium sort of thing. And, and that would have been quite poetic. Still not off the cards this year? <clears throat> Still not off the cards, I suppose, but I don't think that'll happen. I don't think... Uh, the Chiefs will get to the Super Bowl myself. So, um, right, let's move on to uh, another topic, and that is the backup quarterback position, the position that a lot of people think about, uh, a lot of people don't really know about, I suppose, because you go, well, I've got a star quarterback. Why do I need to care about anyone else's quarterback on the team? However, as we have seen this year, injuries have happened, injuries happen before season, in season, and it's not just the backup, it's even the third-string quarterback you need to worry about these days. Like, it, it, I, I think... Never in history has it been so highlighted that you need depth at that position as well as having a star. Um, just very, very, <clears throat> very, very quickly, looking at the AFC side, we've seen Jets and Rodgers go down. We've had Zach Wilson there. We've had Tim Boyle there. Uh, we've had the New England Patriots that have changed in Bailey Zappi for, for, for Mac Jones. Not an injury, but that has happened. Uh, Gardner Minshew, who, who came in for Anthony Richardson at the Colts. We've had uh, Davis Mills had to come in for CJ Stroud, who was with a concussion. Um, Tennessee Titans, but Ryan Tannehill going down in London. We've had uh, Malik Willis and uh, Will Levis come in as well. Um, Bol uh, sorry, not Baltimore. Uh, the Cleveland Browns with, um, uh, <clears throat> God, this is my knowledge of deep diving. DTR. Joe Flacco, DTR, uh, the other guy, but I can't remember his name. Josh Johnson, was he there? No, maybe not. Um, Jake Browning over the Bengals, Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky at the Steelers. Um, Aiden O'Connell over at the Raiders. Uh, and then on the NFC side of it, you got Mr. DeVito himself, the pride and passion of this podcast the other day. Uh, we got somehow, was that somehow named the starter? No, he was named the starter, right? The start of the year? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Falcons have been rotating Taylor Heineke as well. Um, the Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs. Um, I've also got this, Nick, Mullins. Nick Mullins at the weekend. God, this is such a deep dive. Um, Did they get Jalen Hall as well? <clears throat> Jalen Hall, yeah, as well. Uh, the Bears, they had... Oh, I'm running out. I'm running out Pageant. of gas here. Pageant? Pageant, yes. Tyler Pageant, yeah, he came in. Um, Drew Locke coming in for uh, Gino Smith over the Seahawks. And don't help me with this one. It's the Cardinals. It was Josh Dobbs, but then it was... McCoy? No, Colt McCoy got cut. Who was it? Um, oh, the, it's a rookie. It's a rookie. I want to say Hall. I want to say... No, he's a Jalen Hall. Tune, Tune, Clayton Tune. Oh, Clayton Tune. Took, took too long to get there. I'd have never 
got that to be honest with you i'd have completely got that but as, as i've just long listed there and then my deep delve of, of uh nfl uh knowledge and, and sport there but i've managed to remember so i'm sure i've definitely missed people as well um I, I, well it, it, that was a long and lengthy list it surely proves that the back of court position quarterback position now is more important than it has ever been andrew yeah uh something mm-hmm. that i was talking to adam with when we did the uh preview on the prospects for quarterbacks and um, we were talking of we it was a top 10 but then so many of them have decided they want to return or go into the transfer portal they became a top nine and i felt <laughs> like all nine were rele- relevant to the draft all the way down just for the sheer fact that when you evaluate what's happening in the nfl and it really made me think about what five or six shows ago when we were talking about what tom brady was saying i feel like now i've had time to process it The game is the best it's ever been because the defensive players, the edge rushers, the interior defensive linemen, you know, your Aaron Donalds, people like that, are so athletic and so so much more advanced than they were sort of 10, 15 years ago where they were just big guys who could get to the quarterback. They've they've come such a long way. And the offensive line, for me, hasn't kept up with the D-line. They're just big guys that can stand up and make themselves look present with long arms, whereas the defensive line, edge rushers, D-line, are so athletic, you're going to get, these quarterbacks are going to get sacked so much more going forward. And that, for me, has meant that your head coach, your GM, and the whole organisation has got to go, we need to really think about how we value the the backup quarterback position, based on this year as well, and how much money we've got in the pot to spend on a really, really talented backup. Because at any point, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, if any of them go down, which is very possible from what we've seen this year, your team is then no longer viable Mm. um, to a certain extent. So I think you've got to look at the draft every single year, even if you're sorted at quarterback, even if you've got a guy that's going to carry your franchise for the next 10, 15 years, you look every year in the draft and go, is there a backup this year? And what position can I get? Do I need to go round two, round three, round four? I need a guy every single year. And I think they really need to look at that because that is the cheapest way you can make sure that your team is going to still win games if your quarterback goes down. So I think um, it's now become, in my mind, a position you now need to really, really focus as a franchise and and really pay a lot more attention. You can't just go, ah, just get that undrafted guy. Oh, we just get this veteran that's been around, bounced around the league for 10 years because it doesn't work. We've seen it. They come in, they're not great. The team's rubbish and they just go, oh, we'll just write this year off. But that's not, Mm. that's not a thing anymore. Um, so I really think uh, it, it, it's good to do your research. What do you think, Adam, was the precipice for this change? Because in my mind, I think it's when Carson Wentz goes down and Nick Foles takes over for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that definitely set a tone of just because you lose your star. Because Carson Wentz that season was incredible. He was he was so good that year. And some people said that he took them to the Super Bowl. I think it was it was a whole their whole team was really good that year. But Nick Foles came in, did a job and played really well. Do you think that may have been the beginning where franchises started to have a bit of a change? I think it shows that you can have a second quarterback who can do the job. You know, that's the thing. I I think with that, it it sort of like 
the one issue that you could probably say is, as Andrew said, it's like what recent history was before all of that was, oh, well, never mind. You know, that's mm. the end of that year. Whereas for now, I think by having someone like Foles be able to take over and they can still go and win a Super Bowl, that does kind of show that you don't have to be the one who's, you know, you don't just have to have the one guy. If you've got two guys, then you you can still carry on. And so I think that probably does show um, that you need to have that second guy who, who's worth it. Some of them, I think, probably don't have that. But then I, I guess it depends what situation they're in. You know, if they're a team that are looking to rebuild and develop, then they're not really looking to be in the Super Bowl that year. They don't necessarily need that second guy because it's not really what they're trying to achieve anyway. That So I, I think that's where it's, where it's a little bit different. I, I don't think you necessarily need to be getting your second quarterback every year but I think as Andrew said you definitely need to be looking in the draft and trying to find one that is uh, a solid option that can keep your team moving um, mm. and then if, if you can get that in the draft you've got that for four years haven't you if, you, if you're going later on in the rounds and you can keep that and develop him and hopefully it be okay and then once them four years are up if you've still got a really good starter, you don't need him, you bring in another one. You know, that's that's kind of how you got to look at it, I think. So I suppose it's about, it's basically insurance, isn't it? It's keeping your team moving when the main guy has gone down. And I think you've seen it in a with a couple of these. Like you said, Nick Foles, it, it works really well for the Eagles. Brock, in Brock, that Brock Purdy? Yeah, Brock exactly. This is the thing. You know, he, wasn't, he wasn't <clears throat> the chosen one was he really? It was it was Trey Lance, and look at how that ended up. And now you've got him in, and it's worked. So I think that goes to show that you can you can find these guys, and there's lots of them out there that are capable. It's just a matter of of doing it. And I I do feel that the way that the NFL has developed, you know, as Andrew said, the edge rushers a lot more athletic than what they used to be. The O line not really developing as athletically is mm. is a big problem. But also, I, I just think if you're going to have more rushing quarterbacks, you're going to get more quarterbacks hurt. So mm. that's that's the other one. And it's just it feels like it's um, it's it's something that they do need to take more note of now. Do you think it's a wise choice that if you are, let's say, let's say you have a Lamar Jackson. Now, we saw Lamar Jackson go down and their back quarterbacks always had have very similar styles and traits to Lamar. Yeah. Do you think it is? better for teams to sort of have a bit of a polar opposite quarterback to the one they have with different fundamentals so that they become a bit of a harder team to, to match up against Andrew, but they can actually change the dynamic of their offense so easily. Uh, no, I'm on board with getting someone who's similar because mm-hmm. you want to be um, practice running your playbook uh, and you want your backup to then be watching film and, on the sidelines after every play with the main quarterback learning what he did and what went right. You don't want to be getting halfway through the season and going, ah, oh, we've got a pocket passer, not a scrambler. What What's the new plan? Um, let's draw up a load of new plays. And then you, you back up then having to learn a whole new playbook. And maybe your offensive coordinator, maybe your quarterback coach just isn't set to, uh, especially when you bring up um, the Ravens as well, obviously when they had uh uh, Greg Roman, didn't they? Um, it's it, it was a very specific style of football 
And I don't think that fit for every style of quarterback. So it's, I think it's key to get someone who fits your attributes. But I think what we're seeing from everybody who's looking for the attributes of a quarterback from college now is that dual threat. They've got to have that kind of factor. I think when we we spoke about Michael Penix, who I absolutely love, and I had him graded at the third best quarterback, but realistically, he's not the third best because Jaden Daniels fits the attribute of the, the modern day uh, quarterback more because he's got that dual threat. So I think when you're looking at and that prospect and you're looking at quarterbacks coming out, they need to to tick all these boxes um, prior. And you don't just get the old statues of of yesteryear of of your Mannings and your Bradys and 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 things like that. And you and you move on from that. Um, and uh, we live with the times. Yeah, you don't want no big Ben in your team anymore. That's just that's for certain. Not that, not that he's keeping quiet about his opinions about anything with football at the minute. <laughs> um, right, let's, let's uh, move on to a little bit of fun. It's Christmas time. It's it's the it's a fun time of year. It's festive. It's it's enjoyable. It's full of joy and and family. So I'm going to be very kind. This is Santa Fred here, or I know Fred the Elf, Elf on the Shelf, Fred. I, I, I don't know. I'm one of these things. Anyway, I'm going to give each, us each two Christmas wishes for the NFL next season. Well, next year they can't be for our team. So you get two wishes each of what. What, what you'd like to use your wish on. Adam, I'll start with you. What is, what's one of your Christmas wishes you would like for the NFL next year that doesn't involve the Green Bay Packers? So my first Christmas wish has got quite a few things to it that need to happen in order for this to work. Also, this, but... this section, we've got to say, can NFL UK not steal because this is so up their street. And I'm sorry if you don't, if you if you think that this is childish or whatever, get over it. This is what we're doing to have fun. We talk serious all the time. This is our fun time. It's Christmas. Uh, I'm going to say the Atlanta Falcons owner to, yeah, I mean, I've had a look. I didn't realize that Arthur Blank is as old as he is. Um, he ha- he needs to do this now. Get rid of Arthur Smith because he's bloody useless. Bring in Ben Johnson from the Lions and draft Jaden Dam- Daniels in the first round. There you go. Sorted. I've sorted it out. I feel they've been stuck since they lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Do them three things, you'll be fine. You wouldn't say trade for Tristan Fields. You'd say go and get Jaden Daniels. No, I'd say go and get Jaden Daniels. Is that because you think Jaden Daniels is better than Tristan Fields? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, we don't know Jaden Daniels in the NFL yet, but I mm-hmm. think that... By doing that, you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, which gives you five years uh, on minimum money. So mm. I, I feel that would be better for them. They could then spend that money elsewhere. They've got some great weapons. They've just got a coach who doesn't know how to use them. Great mustache, though. Rivals mine. Yeah, I mean, that's not really high on the list of Adam's priorities. but <laughs> You make a fair point. Andrew, what about yourself? What are you, what are you asking Santa for this Christmas? Well, I kind of had a... I've got, obviously, two things that you asked me to bring, but I thought I'd, I wasn't allowed to bring one for my team. Mm-hmm. I bring one for one of your teams. Oh, And <laughs> I wanted to bring one for Adam's team. Oh. And I want them to sack Joe Barry... And whoever gets fired in the off season of Eberflus, Allen, any of these guys, 
who are the head coaches and defensive coordinators, for them to go, I want that guy. Get me an absolutely incredible defensive coordinator because the offensive weapons and youngsters that they've got, I feel like the Packers could be could be good again. Uh, if they could sort out, they've got, some, they've got some good defensive players. So I want you to get go out there, be bold, and go and get one of those really top-end defensive coordinators that are currently head coaches that, again, yesteryear, defensive coordinators being head coaches, get rid of that. And Packers, jump on the bandwagon, get one of them, and become viable again. Did you, I mean, did you see the game against the Bucks? I mean, so didn't they go on about how amazing Baker Mayfield was, all perfect passer rating. There was no one near any of the blimmin' attackers. I mean, what the hell? Evans is just standing there going, yeah, all right. Oh, thank you. It's like there's no one near them. It, 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 he doesn't exactly need help, Mark Evans, does he, to be good? Because he's, he's good already, so... Well, yeah, exactly. You don't need the help. <laughs> <laughs> My Christmas wish would be, can we finally get somebody in the LA Charger organization to <laughs> get Justin Herbert to the heights that he should be reaching, that he should have reached two years ago. And this team should now be in the conversation for things like AFC Championships. Because I just think it's been such a tragic waste of talent and a, and a and talented roster as well. Um, to have players like Mike Williams, Keen Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert on the offense. We know that, like I said, like Andrew said earlier, they've got one of the highest paid defense. They've got some superstars on that defense. Of course, they have Bosa, Khalil Mack. But it is so criminal that we've not seen this team do more. Um, it, and we've said it every year. We say it every year before the season starts, but this could be the year that the Chargers have a really good push. And I said that all I think I said that about five years ago outside of the Wem at Wembley Stadium to a Charge fan after Charge fans. Were and Andrew laughed at me and the, and the lad, there's a lad next to me in the Chargers gear and he went, no, nah, you're joking, mate. You don't support the Chargers. We never we never get anywhere. We may look good, but it never happens. It fi It's finally time to cut some of them players from slack and, and, and get them to the heights of which they should be reaching. You know, so we're just going to get this. Justin Herbert's a stack quarterback, a Twitter quarterback, ex-quarterback, I suppose. Um, and it's just, it's boring. The guy's so talented. It's such a waste. Well, the Spanos family, I think, uh, Dean Spanos and his son, John Spanos, haven't they come out and said that they have taken on board the things that they've done wrong? They uh, agree that they haven't done it correctly and they're going to go after someone more experienced as a head coach. So, John Harbaugh City. Frank oh, Wright, oh, here we go. Jim Harbaugh being yeah. the coach, or are they being stupid and getting Bill Belichick? I don't know. He's a favourite, isn't he? Yeah. Really? Is he a favourite? Mm -hmm. No way. They're just getting another defensive oh, defensive mind head coach. Yeah. Oh, Adam, you got another wish? One more for us. Oh, I was really stuck between the two. I saw the video of Pete Carroll. I put it in our group chat and I was like, oh, I'd really like to see him win a Super Bowl. Like, I just, I think that it'd be nice mm -hmm. given that. But I'm going to, I'm going to go for your one, Fred. I, I want to see change at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It, it needs to happen. And as wonderful as Tomlin has been and as wonderful as that record has been, it's too defence orientated. It, it's mm -hmm. so, it's so hard to watch. Um, again, you know, as we've spoken about these defensive coordinators being 
head coaches, it, it's tough. And I just, I just want you to have some offense in your life. To be honest, that's all. Just mm. a little bit. It just, it just be nice to sit down on Sunday and go. But I'm going to see some excitement. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, just to be like. I don't know how you do it. I applaud you. <laughs> well, you, you know, well, you know that I do like defensive side of the ball as well. So, so some of it, it, it that is enjoyable to me. Some of it, but. It, 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 this team pushes me yeah. to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, but I'd like to see some offense as well. Like, I like yeah. it. Our defense, but I'd like to see us react. Like, we win the ball back now, and I'm like, yeah, so what? We're not. It was going to happen. Yeah. You know, we're four and out. Great. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll go four and out next. So it's it's yeah, it, it has been a tough a tough watch. I mean, I, I I put in the group chat uh, the other day. Tomlin's going to get fired at the end of the year. It fell on deaf ears. No one replied to it. Fred. Um, is there some mutual agreement where they go, I think it's done. We're not really moving forward. And if that is the case, let's say he goes, let's say the Chargers go. Do you know what? We really like Tomlin. We're going to have him. He's experienced. We'll give you a draft pick for him. Um, who would you like to see uh, at the Steelers? Well, Coach-wise? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean... <sighs> It would hot. I know it won't happen, but it would be nice to try and think about Eric Bieniemy. It would be really nice, just because I think I think he's really good, and and I think it would be a, it would be a complete change as well. And he's been tutelage under what is a great head coach in, in Andy Reid. I mean, I wouldn't hate Harbour. You know, I, I think I think Michigan as a as a university and the style they've played in over the years is very very similar to to the Steelers at times, you know, some very, very good defences there and some exciting players and offence. And we we do have that. I know Kenny Pickett isn't the exciting player, but, you know, George Pickens is exciting. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Frymuth, Johnson, they are exciting players. So someone like that would, would be great. I, I would prefer younger. I'd like, an, and I think if they were to do it, they would pick someone that maybe no one would have ever thought of. I, I think we won't be able to predict who they would pick because I think it would be, I don't know. So, so, it wouldn't shock me if it was someone like a Kellen Moore, like, and we'd be like, "What? Hang, hang on a minute, what's going on here?" But then they keep him for like twenty-five years. So yeah. What about you? You got another wish, Andrew? I've got one more wish. I, I have, but briefly on that, uh, what you've just <laughs> said, I think the Eric the Enemy one could could be uh, onto something a little bit there because I think Bill Belichick is more suited to moving to Washington than he is anywhere else. And I think the enemy would be like, well, I want out then because you've not given me the job. So, mm. you know, that could be a thing. Um, my other wish, funny enough, you're all going to go, ah, oh, typical. Um, I want Justin Fields to find a new home being <laughs> the starter. It's my big wish. I want it to be the Seahawks. I want the Seahawks to yeah. go out there and say, Geno Smith is not the future. Drew Locke mm. is, despite the fact of his... Uh, his best game he's ever played and they will live on that forever is not going to move us forward. But we have good O-line. We have a good run game. We've got lots of weapons. Um, let's go and get Justin Fields and see if he can turn us around and elevate us and, 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 and move us forward and get rid of Jamal Adams. Cause he's a, he's a problem. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Justin Fields find a home and I'd like it to be the Seahawks. That's very good. Um, it's not my NFL team, but my last wish, and I'm going to do it really quick because then both of you can't have a go at me, is that I'm going to potentially get to two finals in two fantasy leagues against all of you, and I'm going to win both of them. Dynasty, redraft, 
I'm going to win. Merry Christmas. Thank you for supporting us all year. We really appreciate it. Have a fantastic Christmas and New Year as well. We've got plenty of content coming out. We will have some content over the Christmas period. We've got a very good uh, your your QB video for the college. So what was the, what was the name of it again? It hasn't gone out yet. Um, it'll be yet, it's just basically going, going over the prospects for the QBs coming out next year. Uh, that'll come out soon. And obviously, we've got the betting show as well coming out on Friday and the week after, I believe. So. Swell. We'll do a few. We're probably not going to do the main show, but we'll put a few things out there for you guys to enjoy. Andrew, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Adam, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. To all of you out there, enjoy your holidays. Have fun. Don't drink too much, but drink enough to have fun. Enjoy the football. Have some great food, and we'll see you all in the New Year.